Last year's Texas Tech versus Oklahoma State game saw the Red Raiders get shut out for the first time in 302 games. Heading to this year, the hope is that this game can be much more closer, even though it is in Stillwater. I'll take a look at what the Cowboys are looking like heading to the 2022 season and how they match up against Texas Tech on today's episode of Locked on Texas Tech. Are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to Locked On Texas Tech. It is a nice Friday afternoon here covering Texas Tech football and their matchup against Oklahoma State. We're going to get into the detailed preview of the Cowboys. If you have not already checked out some of the other previews this this year, we have the NC State preview with Kenton Gibbs. We have the Texas preview with Jonathan Davis. We have the Kansas State preview that came up last week, as well as the Houston and Murray State previews, all of those on the YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. I said last night I was going to do the West Virginia one. That one I am going to apologize for because I completely messed up, forgot the schedule. That was on me. It was a long night. As I mentioned yesterday, I was traveling and kind of missed that, but that's okay because Oklahoma State is a team with a lot to preview. And when you look at what this season is going to look like, I mean, this is the sixth game of the season for the Red Raiders, part of a really brutal stretch. And trust me, I'll get into the West Virginia preview later. But for now, the Oklahoma State team is one that is really important and one that could be a major factor in the Big 12. But before we get into anything, I'd like to thank Bet Online for sponsoring today's episode. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So talking about Oklahoma State, you have to say that last season was a, a extremely successful season for them. They went 12-2. They were the last Big 12 team undefeated all the way into late October before a loss against Iowa State. Really won bedlam against Oklahoma. Came up just a little bit short, literally one yard short against Baylor in the Big 12 championship and wrapped off their season with the win over number five Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. So Mike Gundy's squad had been down for a few years, really. I mean, 2020 was a good season for them, but 2018, 2019 were disappointing. Even 2017, when they came in as a potential college football playoff favorite, ended up somewhat underwhelming. So last season was really a return to prominence for the Cowboys. And to be honest with you, it kind of came a little bit out of nowhere. You had obviously a lot of talent on the roster, but you lost Tylen Wallace in the, or in the previous offseason you came into the season not even ranked for Oklahoma State. So there was a lot of reason to be maybe a little bit pessimistic, but it ended up really good. The Jim Knowles defense really sort of played itself into a, being an elite unit. The offense, led by Spencer Sanders, did just enough, and especially in the run game, had a fair bit of success. So as a whole, this Oklahoma State team managed to work themselves into Big 12 contention, almost won the conference championship, won a New Year's Six Bowl, beat the rivals Oklahoma. You could argue they were the lasting memory for Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma by his last game coming in a loss to them. So there is a lot of reason for Oklahoma State fans to remember last season. But this season, it looks like there's a lot of the same things, to be honest with you. I mean, you start out at quarterback position, you return Spencer Sanders, who 
is coming into his fourth season of starting. This is his fourth season or his fifth season in the program. Redshirted his first year in 2018. Started 2019, got injured a little bit in both 2019 and 2020, but 2021 was his first real fully healthy season. He played all of it except for the first game of the season against Missouri State, which he was out, he was out with as Shane Illingworth started that one. But Illingworth is gone. It's Spencer Sanders' job. And looking at Spencer Sanders last season, his games were, for the most part, pretty efficient considering what we've seen from him in the past he really didn't do a whole lot to help Oklahoma State win games per se although the Fiesta Bowl against Notre Dame was a really good performance from him but for the most part Sanders was a game manager I mean you look at a stretch of the Big 12 from the Iowa State game all the way to really the Texas Tech game in week 12 he had a five-game stretch where he threw only one pick, and that was against Texas Tech, but also only ended up with seven touchdowns in that stretch. And dating back to the start of the season, it was more of the same. I mean, games against Boise State and Kansas State, he really wasn't all that effective in terms of moving the ball. I mean, Kansas State was a good game from a yardage standpoint, but no big-time throws. And then the rest of the season, I mean, he was more or less kind of a guy that had his ups and downs, but... I mean, that stretch in the middle of the Big 12, he was extremely efficient. Again, only one turnover over that entire stretch. But the big thing for him has always been taking care of the ball. And in that stretch, he did a really good job. And that was why Oklahoma State had a lot of success offensively because Sanders didn't do too much. The running game was led by Jalen Warren, who had a 1,000-yard season, which seems pretty pretty typical for an Oklahoma State running back at this year, at this point with Chubba Hubbard coming through the program. We've seen Justice Hill in recent years. All of those guys have been effective and Warren was no different, but really for Sanders, the season came undone only a couple of times, twice against Baylor actually, where his two worst games against Baylor, the first game in the regular season, he went 13 to 23 for 182 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. The team still managed to win that game 24 to 14, even despite Sanders' performance. And then in the second game against Baylor, this time in the conference championship game, he had no touchdowns and four interceptions. So if you take those two games off the board in the 11 or yeah, in the 11 other games that Sanders played in, only six or excuse me, only five interceptions on the season compared to 19 touchdowns in those other 11 games, but one touchdown, seven picks against Baylor, not ideal. And the big thing for Sanders, again, the accuracy improved from years past. He didn't make the mistakes outside of those two Baylor games. The big time throws and the downfield passing was not quite what we had seen in years past. His adjusted depth of target went down a bit compared to previous years. Wasn't really the level of downfield passer. And then also in the running game, he was able to use his legs quite a bit, but it still probably wasn't quite as much in the design run game as what we've seen. He had more scrambles and less design runs for him. But the biggest thing is Sanders limited the mistakes, and with this offense and the defense they had last season, that was more than enough. You had Jalen Warren, who is now gone, um, as well as Desmond Jackson. Tech fans will remember Desmond Jackson from the 2020 game, where he was absolutely incredible, over 230 yards running in that one in a 50-44 to victory. For Jalen Warren, he leaves after having over 1,200 yards rushing. He's gone, but you do bring back Dominic Richardson, who was your third leading rusher behind Warren and Spencer Sanders. 
You also have Jaden Nixon in the fray as well. He's a younger running back that averaged over eight yards a carry on only 14 carries last season. So those two guys will factor in as the main running backs. And normally I'd be a little bit worried about a a team replacing that much production with Warren and also with the potential of Jackson, who's now at Sam Houston State. But as it is, Oklahoma State has done this before where they basically plug and play running backs. So I have no concerns. And adding that Dominic Richardson looked pretty good in his last season as well as Jaden Nixon. And I feel pretty confident about the running, running back position. Moving on to the receivers for this team, I mean, you're really looking at a team that returns seven of their top eight leading receivers, but the one guy that they don't bring back is their best receiver, and that is Tay Martin. Had 10 touchdowns last season, over 1,000 yards receiving. Really, really effective player at six foot three. He had good bursts. He's now on the 49ers, and really, I mean, you look at what Martin was able to do last season. Just a phenomenal job. He's someone that really kind of stepped into the role that was left without um, Tylen Wallace being on the program. Had over 130 yards against Tech last year. Had That was one of his five games with 100 yards receiving. And Martin, I mean, ended off his career fantastically against Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. So he's going to be a guy that, t- that Oklahoma State is going to struggle to replicate his production from. But they do have, like I mentioned, seven of their top eight leading receivers from last season coming back. You've got Brennan Presley back. back. You've got Rashad Owens, Jaden Bray, and John Paul Richardson. All of those guys have been effective to very various degrees in their Oklahoma State career. Specifically, Presley was the second in command last season. He had five touchdowns, over 600 yards. He is tiny. He is a slot receiver, only five foot eight, one seventy-five. But he is dangerous in the return game as well, and should have a nice season. He was the leading receiver for Oklahoma State in that Fiesta Bowl, so really showed what he could do there. And then also had a couple other nice games in the season. Did not play against Texas Tech last season. That was one of the ones he was out due to injury, but still a really effective player. So in the slot, you got to watch out for Presley. And I would have to imagine he would be the favorite to lead the team in targets for next season. Finally, though, we're talking about offensive line, and that is the last position group of the offense to cover. And they are really an offense that has returns three starters on the line. That's pretty good. The pass production last year wasn't great. Josh Shills does leave from last season. He was by a mile their best offensive line, but you've still offensive lineman. But you've still got quite a bit of talent on that offensive line outside of Sills' position at the guard. I mean, Hunter Woodard is back from last season. He was the other guard. You also bring back a guy like Caleb Etienne, who is a very versatile tackle. And so there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about this offensive line. Again, the running game last season was very effective. Pass blocking kind of came and went. Sanders was under a lot of pressure at times. But I feel like this offensive line is right about average for the Big 12. And... That is all you need in the pass blocking because Spencer Sanders isn't going to be tasked with winning a bunch of games for you with his arm. And that's totally okay because the run game is elite and the defense should still be really good, even though Jim Knowles is gone and Derek Mason comes in. But I'll cover them coming up next. But first, I have a message from Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including the MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. 
Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in game betting to scores and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to betonline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Back on Locked On Texas Tech covering the Oklahoma State defense now. And the defense last season was absolutely phenomenal. It's the main reason the Cowboys were in the college football playoff contention all the way up until the conference championship game. It's the reason why they were so effective in the Big 12 last season. And the big thing is they were phenomenal at getting sacks and pressures. That really sticks out when you watch this defense and I mean that is obviously in part due to what Jim Knowles was able to do at the offensive or at the defensive coordinator spot. But still, the defensive line had a lot of really impressive players on. I mean, you're looking at a team that had 57 sacks last season. That is incredible. Led the nation in sacks. It's averaging over four a game for the Cowboys. The pressure rate backs that up as well. Because for however many sacks they had, they also had 196 total hurries and a total of 314 pressures when you add that all up. And over a 14-game season, that is over 20 pressures a game, which is absolutely nuts. Like To put things in perspective, last season, they played somewhere around the range of uh, roughly 600-ish passing cover or coverage snaps over the course of the season. So to get pressure on nearly half or over half of your dropbacks that you were defending against is incredible. So this Cowboys team is a team that has a lot of experience up front coming back, which is nice considering that they have so many sacks. But they have guys coming back and Trace Ford, Tyler Lacey, and Brock Martin as well. Um, the tackles in Brendan Evers and Sony Asi are back. The only thing they really lose um, – is they do lose quite a bit of talent at the linebacker position. But really, I mean, you're looking at the defensive line returning basically everybody, including star, including the young star, Colin Oliver, who last season had 10.5 sacks leading the team. But again, this defensive line is extremely nasty. You've got a lot of, of raw talent on there. In the Texas Tech game, that was really, really crazy one for the Red Raiders. Is that was one where they could not muster any points against this defensive line. Just the pressure they were able to get in the backfield meant John, Donovan Smith's life was really difficult. And when you look at last season's game against Oklahoma State, that was the one time when this game or when this um, Texas Tech offense just completely failed to get any sort of rhythm going. I mean, you had 28 dropbacks in that game, or you had 28 pressures on 43 dropbacks, which is nuts. I can't even put into words 
how wild that is. You had guys that ended up with eight pressures. You ended up only taking six sacks, which is impressive for Donovan Smith on his own right. But, I mean, getting pressure on two-thirds of an opponent's dropbacks is absolutely crazy. And that's what Oklahoma State did to Texas Tech last year. Again, defensive line for the Cowboys returns almost everybody. That is going to be a huge concern coming into this game. But you do, if you're looking for a little bit of positive news for the Cowboys defense on Tech's side, they do lose Malcolm Rodriguez, who was their main linebacker last season and led the team in tackles with 129. So that is something that they're going to have to worry about. But I mean, you've still got, you've still got so much talent on that defense. I mean, you bring, you bring out back all those guys. You also bring in Xavier Benson, who for Texas Tech fans is someone that is a familiar face. He played with Tech all the way back in 2019, the first year under the Matt Wells era, also in 2018, and he was a really good outside linebacker for the Red Raiders. Transferred for, to Oklahoma State from the JUCO route, so he is going to be a great he's going to be a great piece for the Cowboys, taking over for what Rodriguez leaves behind and just in general this Oklahoma State defense is incredible again led the nation in sacks and pressures they were number one in the big 12 in scoring defense you were second in the nation in tackles for loss and even the passing game the corners and dbs weren't great but at the end of the day when you have so much talent on this defense and so much pass rush it really didn't matter I mean you saw it last year in the tech game, some of the receivers were able to get some separation downfield, but when the defensive line is living in the backfield every single game, every single snap, it is going to make life really difficult to for the quarterback in terms of finding the right guys downfield. And so that is the Oklahoma State defense. They're going to be led this season by, by Derek Mason. Jim Knowles is leaving the program to go to Ohio State. Just got to see what he can do with that defense up there. But for Mason, he's a guy with a lot of pedigree dating back to his time in, at Stanford back in the day where he was the defensive coordinator there. His time as coach at Vanderbilt did not go particularly well, but he still has a lot of experience with the pro or with coaching defenses. Last season at Auburn, you could argue he was an effective defensive coordinator there, even though ended up did not even though it did not really work for him all that well in terms of the pure numbers. He had some really good games, such as against Alabama. So Mason's a guy that has a lot of talent as a defensive coordinator. So it'll be interesting to see exactly what he brings to the table. Again, going from Jim Knowles to Derek Mason might seem like a downgrade for Oklahoma State, but Mason's a guy that knows what he's doing. He's coached some really, really good defenses back, dating back to his time at Stanford as the defensive coordinator in 2012 and 2013. So Mason leading this group should be a really good coach and a good fit, and I'm excited to see what they can do, but not against Texas Tech because that team, that front seven is absolutely nasty. But coming up next, we're going to predict, predict that Texas Tech-Oklahoma State game. I'll give you my thoughts and the keys to the game, but first, a message from some of our sponsors.
Back previewing the Oklahoma State-Texas Tech matchup. We've covered the offense for the Cowboys. We covered the defense for the Cowboys. The special team should be pretty decent as well. That's something Oklahoma State has had varying levels of success with over the years. Again, watch out for the receiver. Um, Watch out for Brennan Presley as a returner. He is going to be dangerous, but... As a whole, this Cowboys team, a lot of talent on the defensive end. The offense last season did just enough for the team to have a lot of success. I expect that to be the same. This is a team that should be up towards the front in the Big 12 Conference, even though they do lose really a balanced amount of pieces throughout. You lose Malcolm Rodriguez. You lose um, Tay Tay Martin as well. And then also Jalen Warren is the leading running back that you lose. But you still bring back quite a bit of talent. Three starters on the offensive line, even though you lose Josh Sills. And that's the general consensus that Oklahoma State brings back a ton of depth and a lot of the pieces that made them do well last season, but they do lose some of their star pieces from 2021. So this is still a team that's going to be right on the edge of the top 25, I would imagine, heading into the season. I personally would have them ranked in the top 25, but I could see the debate either way. But regardless for Texas Tech, this is going to be the end of a six-game stretch the sees you face a lot of really good teams. We've already covered the in, the Houston game, the NC State game, the Texas game, and the Kansas State game. And for me, this game is going to be sort of an extension of those. You're going to have to see what you learned from those games about your team and take it to a defense that last season was fought out incredible at getting pressure. And that's the number one key for this game for Texas Tech. You are not winning this game if you can't figure out how to stifle the Oklahoma State pressure. Because last season, you had way too many pressures to have any sort of success in that game. Donovan Smith was on his back 80% of the time. You couldn't find anything down the field. And if that continues, you're not winning the game. You might not even put up any points. But the second second big thing is going to be forcing, um, forcing Spencer Sanders into mistakes. That is another critical point of this game that I think is going to be really a determining factor for how successful Oklahoma State's offense is. Defensively, you have the tools to stop the run game. Last season, you did a really good job against the Cowboys, actually holding them on the ground to a really efficient game against the Cowboys, or against Oklahoma State. I mean, they really didn't have a lot of success on the ground. If you look at their overall success, yes, they ran for 188 yards, but that was on 46 attempts. And, the running backs out really didn't have a lot of success. So Spencer Sanders was able to get some yards with his legs, and at least one of those was on a big scramble. So this team had a lot of success on the ground last season, but not against Texas Tech. So I actually feel fairly confident with the pieces in place with Krishan Merriweather, Dimitri Moore and company at the linebacker position, and then obviously having guys like Tyree Wilson, Tony Bradford, and as well as that Jalen Hutchings on the front seven. You've got a lot of talent there. So stopping the Oklahoma State run game, I feel fairly confident against. And, and then it's the passing game that's going to be the question mark. Spencer Sanders is not a guy that's proven that he can really beat you in terms of just outright playing a phenomenal game consistently. But if he limits his mistakes, this Cowboys offense will have enough fireworks to at least put up 20 to 30 points. And in this game, that's all I think it's going to take for them to win the game. So... I'm looking at a prediction. I'm going to go with a little bit of a conservative one. I'm going to take Oklahoma State to win this game 21 to 10. I know that is a really, really low scoring game, but last season Tech just struggled a ton when it came to preventing pressures from the Cowboys defense. And 
the thing is this Oklahoma State defense returns a lot of the talent that made them look extremely good in that Texas Tech game. And so I'm optimistic that Tech can do a little bit better than last season, but in Stillwater, playing in a tough environment, the sixth game against a, against your opponent, and you're going to be playing them all back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back, and the fifth one against a really formidable opponent as well. It's just a lot to work against. I will say, depending on how the opening few games go, that might change my opinion on this game. And certainly, I mean, if you see Tech's offense look extremely good and the offensive line look really good against a team, such as NC State, that will play into some optimism. But Oklahoma State's defensive line is the best that Texas Tech will face all year, and I just can't pick them. I think it's going to be a tough game to win, and that is going to be why I'm picking the Cowboys to win. But, hey, crazy things can happen. Tech has won in 2018 in Stillwater in dominating fashion. They almost won the 2016 and 2020 games. So you have quite a bit of success in recent memory there, even though the wins haven't quite haven't quite transpired the way you wanted them to. But that is that. I would expect this brings Tech to a 3-3 three and three record at the end of the first six games, according to my predictions, which are gospel. I mean, I hope they're not, but that's what I have so far. So that's all for today's episode covering Oklahoma State. If you have not checked out some of the previous previews, you can check all of them out on the YouTube channel as well as wherever you your podcasts. Again, a lot of insightful stuff going on there. I mean, I had Jonathan Davis from Locked On Longhorns on for the Texas preview, as well as Locked On NC or Locked On Wolfpack with Ken Dave or um, Kitten Gibbs as well. So both of those guys had really good insight on their respective teams. Next week, I'll be back covering the West Virginia preview. I think I'm going to start doing two a week starting after on the week after next with the Baylor game and the TCU game, but that's coming up later. But for now, you can follow me on Twitter, EddieRacer41. You can follow the official Locked On Texas Tech Twitter account at Locked On TTU. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel to not miss a thing. Again, uploading every single day from now until the end of basketball season. Extremely excited to do that. Get into fall camp. Today's the first official day. I'll have some takeaways from that as the week progresses next week and what I'm hearing. But in the meantime, really appreciate the support. Thank you for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. For your second listen, go check out Locked On Big 12, hosted by my good friend Josh Neighbors. He's posting every single day as well, talking about Big 12 football, talking about realignment, talking about everything in between. It's a great listen. Also, we have the roundtables, which are really nice that you can check out check out on there as well so locked on big 12 it's a great second listen texas locked on texas tech we'll be back next week and i'm excited to see you so thank you and i will see you on monday